The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. New data by the Household Energy Price Index shows that consumers and households in Ireland pay nearly a thousand euro more on energy bills than they do in some of our EU neighbouring countries. The Energy Price Index cites that from the survey, Dublin and London are the most expensive cities for household consumers in Europe, followed then by Prague, Riga and Berlin. Uh, It all comes as data from the CSO yesterday points out that wholesale electricity prices fell by 64% compared to last year. So to discuss what's going on with our energy prices, I'm joined by Aoife Foley, who is Chair of Net Zero Infrastructure at the University of Manchester. Aoife, if, if wholesale prices are dropping as they are, why are consumers not feeling it in their pockets and why is Ireland so expensive? Um, it's, a, it's a number of things. We're an isolated power system. Um, we have a small number of um, suppliers. So Electric Ireland, 50% Borgash Energy. Um, our Airvia is about um, 16% and then SSE after that is about 10%. And then, so if, if, if you look at that and then you link that to the fact that we're actually, we have a spillover effect. So we're really tied into the GB market, which is England, Scotland and Wales, which is the British Electricity and Trading and Tariff Arrangement. Um, our prices really sit at what's going on in the British Isles. They're not really part of mainland European markets. Um, there's one actual market that's missing from that report, that household index from Austria, and it's Greece. And Greece actually, and Ireland, and the UK, if we would say European countries, with Denmark would have the highest energy prices because they all are isolated in different ways and they have different things going on in their markets. Um, what, what, what is also happening is if you look at the main suppliers, um, the main energy companies on the island of Ireland, and it's the same if you look at Greece, they're historically semi-states, so they have different, we're a smaller market. Um, so it's a very different type of arrangement. And if you look at EDF in France, if you look at Germany and you look at Uniper, both of those companies, the government actually had to intervene last year with the energy crisis because EDF and Uniper, they're running at huge losses and they're being bailed out. And I suppose the Irish people then need to ask themselves, um, you know, would you like to be bailing out those companies like Uniper, um, like the Germans have done in Germany and like the French have done in France, EDF? Um, The other issue then is because we're also so isolated, even with all the interconnectors, electricity or gas in the world, we're a small market to the European Union, a population of maybe on the island of Ireland up to six million. That's not a huge energy market. Um, and I suppose they look at us and they think we're making a budget surplus um, and um, we have high employment. There's other things going on in Europe. We're not their key concern. And it's a, it's a, it's stick, or it's a carrot or a stick approach with them in terms of, you know, um, our budget surplus and where that comes from and interventions and supports. Plus the fact then that there's the Ukrainian situation. Um, there, the, the really the key thing is, and we can see what happened in December of 2022, um, the gas market price cap by the EU. The Dutch vote, voted against it. Um, the Austrians also vote, voted against it. Um, the Hungarians obviously are they, they abstained. The Dutch and the Austrians abstained. The Hungarians, for whatever obvious reasons to do with their connections, they voted against it because once you set that gas cap price at 180 euros per megawatt hour, that then feeds into the Dutch title transfer facility. 
And this, that's the hub, the main hub for Europe, the one that we trade into then or we trade in and out of is the balancing point in the UK. And then if you look at Centrica, who was the parent company or the owner of um, Airvia, um, like, I mean, the net profits from from in Centrica, you know, related to Ireland, net sales, I should say, not profits, is about 6%, whereas most of their money is made from trading gas around the world and it's about 60% of their net sales. So these are all the things that are happening. They're, the, when we liberalised the energy system and the energy markets, we were carrying all of this and gas feeds into electricity generation and home heating. And that's why it's very, very different to comparing it to oil, which is indexed against crude oil, crude oil and prices globally. So hubs is where we trade. And Faith Beryl from the IEA came out in July and he referred back to, you know, we have the El Nino, we might have a, we had a mild winter this winter even. And, we, we, you know, I was on the radio talking to people about energy efficiency. So that's the best way now to prepare going forward for the summer. Is, is get yourself wrapped up, think ahead, look at all the electricity prices and energy price, prices from the different suppliers. But you need to make sure whatever you commit to, you stick to the hours of operation for the lowest prices. Now, Aoife, you um, mentioned the interconnectors. It was my understanding that we were trying to get to a point where there was a real-time pan-European electricity spot market where we could trade as equal partners across the EU. From what you're saying, we're a long way from that. Well, you know, I I actually was an evaluator um, with Ina, which is the um, energy sort of um, the agency for investing and supporting the funding distributed across the member states. And I obviously, because I'm Irish, I wasn't involved um, and I work in the UK. I wasn't involved in Ireland or the UK projects of common interest. I would have worked on France, Germany, Italy and the Balkan states. And I remember looking at the map and the wall inside the meeting because we all did a meeting at the start over in Brussels. And I remember looking up and I said, that interconnector to Ireland is way too small. And I remember last year when Michal Martin was over in Paris um, and there was great atom and announcement about something that we all knew about in the energy space for years. You know, I, I, I said to myself again in my head, again, this is too small. And a few months later, an announcement was made that they were doubling the capacity. Even tripling the capacity with the interconnector isn't going to have a huge impact. Really, energy sovereignty is what's key on the island of Ireland. Um, we're steering away from repowering onshore wind. Um, you know, we're focusing on offshore floating wind off the west coast of Ireland, which will have an impact on projects that can work offshore in the Celtic Sea. Um, and onshore wind really is key in repowering that. Um, storage is very, very important. Our own production, looking at the farmers, we're, we're telling them with one hand, you know, you need to go one direction with your national herd and what you do with your land. But energy is something that they can supply into us, you know. So anaerobic digestion, when I investigated, when I worked in industry 20 years ago, well, 16 years ago before I joined academia, didn't stack up. It stacks up now because of the gas prices. Um, and even if they do come down again, and if you if if you look at it, and I suppose look, I went back and I looked up the prices. Um, so, gas in twenty twenty um, was down at let me see, it was down at around um, you know we're talking about maybe twenty odd euros a, ki- um, a megawatt hour. Um, at its highest last year, it was up nearly three hundred euros a megawatt hour. Um, at its lowest this summer, it was down to fifty eight, but it's back up again to two hundred odd on the Dutch TT, TTF. So, you know, we're only tinkering around the edges. All markets in the EU are very, very different. And it's like comparing apples with pears. 
So it's 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 very different. So the long term then, Aoife, I mean, we have a text asking, so what's the long term plan? I believe the planning process for offshore wind hasn't even started. Our regular and energy minister aren't, our regulator and energy minister aren't doing their jobs. Is the ultimate plan then, or the ultimate solution, offshore wind and some form of storage? Is that it? Is it nuclear? No, Is it bigger no, interconnectors? No, 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 no. For Ireland, really, I don't think offshore wind floating off the west coast of Ireland is going to um, solve our immediate problems. And I keep on saying it. Um, we really need to repower onshore. Gas Now, when you say repower onshore, does that mean wind farms on the land? Yes, it's the existing wind turbines, which are now coming to the end of their life cycle, are replaced with more modern, higher output machines. And that's what we need to do. And the longer we delay with this, the lower we're going to go down on the queue for buying turbines around the world. And people forget this. So we're a small market and the longer we wait and the longer we leave it, the further we fall down in the queue and the more we're going to pay. Well, if that's the if that's the medium and, and ultimately then long term solution, short term for consumers, what's your recommendation as we face into the winter? Or is it just your You your need bunch? to get on top of your energy bills. You need to understand your gas usage, your gas consumption, your electricity consumption. You need to get clever. The way you shop around for your mobile phone bill, and I worked in both industries, you need to shop around the exact same way. When you ask people how much they pay on a monthly basis or on a weekly basis and how much data they have for their mobile phone bills, they need to be behaving in the exact same way with their energy prices. Whether it's putting, you know, petrol or diesel into your car or charging your EV or whether it's, you know, putting on your heating, um, your kerosene um, boiler or using your natural gas boiler or switching on different devices in your home, your tumble dryer, your cooker and all of these. One thing I'd like to say is, you know, there was a report out by Esri there, um, or another report, but there was a report and um, a, a, a journal interview, um, a news, um, um, an article, um, and, and, and Mirren, Mirren Lynch and Niall Farrell, excellent economists, and Panvar Kakar came out and basically said, you know, that the, the prices aren't coming down, and if they're not coming down, they should look at anti-competitive behaviour. I hate to say it, it would be an absolute waste of time. It's a very, very different company. We're a very different market um, and we're not going to find out anyway in terms of whatever we're told in the public domain will be a certain amount of information because it's commercially sensitive. So that's the first thing. The second thing really is, you know, the EU isn't going to do anything for us on this. We need to solve this ourselves and the only way we can solve it is by having energy sovereignty. And, it, and it's evident, Aoife, that what you're describing is already being felt in people's pockets. We got a text to say rising from 434 euro to 555 euro for 500 litres in that two month period from mid-June to today's date. I assume that's a, a, a home heating oil cost and an awful yeah. lot of people saying that they're feeling the same kind of pain, pinch in their pockets. Aoife and, Foley. And Tom, yes? can I just say one thing? I said to everybody last year in January and February when I, was being, when I spoke to Pat and I think I spoke to yourself, these prices aren't going to go down in the short term. And other people came on the radio and said they'll come down in the next three to six months. That's not the way the energy markets work. Um, you know, and prices are going to go up in the, in the medium to long term as we change from one technology to another because we have to make massive infrastructure and capital investment. And that's what people need to get their head around and they'll come down again then. But it's not going to be in my lifetime for the next 10 years. Eva, thank you. Eva Foley, who is chair in Net Zero Infrastructure at the University of Manchester. Now we'll update you on the cap. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.